Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Hoop Fiends podcast. Not only is it the playoff special extravaganza, the first check ever actually just cleared for this podcast. So expect a better budget, music, more extensive podcasts, interviews. We are thrilled to go ahead and celebrate this big momentous occasion. Where you will be seeing that uh, budget size up, who's yet to say? We're going to see if we can roll out on those promises, but the one promise we can most certainly keep is this being our favorite podcast of the, of the year. It is the Playoff Preview Pod. Everybody, how are we doing tonight? Uh, good. I wish I wish we had as much money as you're making it sound like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think everyone can home can listen. These are new mics. Sounds good. <laughs> you know, We usually just record on iPhones and laptops, but we've, uh, we've stepped into the Exchange Place studio. My mic broke during the podcast two weeks ago. Oh God! <laughs> so we're actually going down and down in quality. Yeah, we, it's, it's, I think we actually did go down in quality. So I think I like at one point wanted to get a mic, and I was like, you know what, my iPhone does just fine. So, so you just <laughs> lied to the listeners. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I did get excited because I I did learn off mic because again we do hang out off mic. A lot of people don't know that. Um, we did get some money, so maybe one of these days we will celebrate with something. So. Stay tuned. Again, by some money, you make it sound like it's a lot. <laughs> we're doing a lot. We're on Apple, Spotify. You, you talk about it at the end of every episode. We're doing a lot of stuff. We're certainly working hard enough where there should be something coming in. God, someone well, get the intern on the horn. I, I guess it's it's time to break the news because if you have noticed the last couple podcasts, there hasn't been ads. Our Spotify ad ran out. They stopped sponsoring us. No! <laughs> You you tell me this now after I just did this bit? I wasn't expecting the bit. What happened? Uh, they, we weren't we weren't doing well enough. Yeah, it's not so a surprise. Funny. We just we, we just opened the podcast with two straight minutes talking about literally nothing. So, I was yeah. like, why are we paying these idiots? That's insane! Wow. Well, we got we got we can get a six pack one day. We can. All right. Well, all right so all right, God, that's really disheartening. Well, John, why are we here? today <laughs> we are actually here to talk about what we're most excited for and that is the playoff picture i feel like we always want to dive into the drama of everything and i feel like there are maybe more incredible storylines heading into this playoff bracket than there have been since we've been doing a podcast is that fair all around yeah i think i could agree with that there's a lot of stuff going on yeah oh yeah no it's stoked and i uh i think that we're going to kick off podcast in great fashion and just go ahead and do a quick quick uh play and reaction and just kind of play and size up how did you guys like these games how are you guys liking the play in general um i mean i've still been a fan of them honestly i, I know they're they're relatively irrelevant games but they've all yeah. been pretty close and pretty fun they were yeah i feel like through the years it's just it's never like great basketball and you could argue the logic behind the play-in, but to me, it just produces great basketball games over and over and over again. And I'm never going to deny a great product. So just keep feeding me these basketball games, man. I still think the first ever play-in game, which was the Lakers-Warriors one, yeah. was like one of the best games of basketball I've ever seen in my life. So much oh, I love that. And it didn't really mean anything, but you know what? It didn't mean I anything. It's a legacy game. They're going to remember that when we're talking about the all-time GOATs. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed it. You lost. Yeah, but hey, it was great basketball. 
I need, I need to put my knife away. I remember last episode, there was a moment where I'm like, we did a double down and going at you, Steve. Again, I'm sorry for the hostility at the top. Hey, it's all right. Listen, if we're going to, I'm not going to sit here and argue stuff's better than LeBron anyway, but if we're going to use that playing game as a going adding point, I mean, all right, you, you got me beat there. It was fun. No, that's more of a standing point on the planet being a lot of fun. And all the games this week have been really close. If you guys have any particular highlights from this week's playing games? I mean, in I just love watching OKC. And uh, if you follow yeah. me on Twitter, I was talking about this with some of my friends too. I'm going to need to be talked up a ledge by YouTube uh, to not pick them to win the NBA Finals next year because I just love their talent so much. And Chet coming back, they're obviously going to be able to add more pieces in the offseason. They're the story of the play-in for me, just how fun they are. And then finally getting to see it on a national stage. Yeah, I think congrats to Shea. He's definitely earned it. He's finally earned being able to show out for everybody. Um, I think this is going to make people feel much more comfortable that he's going to be first team All NBA this year. Mm -hmm. So that'll be awesome. Um, no, I mean, it, it, what's funny to them is like they're like probably the only team of the entire thing who like didn't even try to get here and just ended up wound up like falling into the playoff positions. Like yeah. this is all just like reps for them. Like they're they're missing their starting center right now. Yeah, and it's and it's not like there were any morons out there picking the Pelicans to win the West or anything. But <laughs> the the Thunder are still like imagine. <laughs> like, yeah, who would pick them? But uh, Josh Giddy, can we talk about my man, the myth, the legend, the Aussie? God, he's he's twenty and almost a thirty point triple double in this game. Well, all right. So, how would you rank that backcourt just in the West alone? It's got to be up there, right? I mean, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, kind of crazy. Well, <laughs> it's kind of up there. It's not Steph and Clay. It's uh, not Bane and Morant. It's not. But like at that point, I mean, it's uh, Luca and Kyrie. Does that count? I think so. All right, Booker and Chris Paul are. Probably <laughs> they are, but well. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably that's probably it, it. It's way better than Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was good. It's it's gonna be good in the future. It's only gonna get better again because they have their, you know, potential unicorn joining them at the start of the next year. Yeah, and who knows what what, what uh who they'll even get this year? They'll probably find another way to get another pretty good player. Um, I will trade up. Yeah, yeah, but I think this is great though because I I remember like. We were talking a lot about um, this maybe the year where they actually create SGA because, like, he may be too good for their window. But, no, I think this is probably going to show them now that, like, they've seen enough and they have enough mm -hmm. um, of a presence now with this team that Presti's probably going to have to start uh, trading up out some of those picks and start going all in a little bit more. So, yeah, um, this definitely lays the really fun groundwork for whatever they start going into next year. And I think on the flip side of the other side was – yeah, the Pelicans just absolutely stunk. CJ was anti him. He just was horrible and could not lead a team at yeah. all, unfortunately. Um, and hey, maybe maybe Zion can come back and uh, maybe he can be start ramping up to play. Maybe. Well, you know it's bad if on the broadcast they're pulling out like, well, Joel B kind of did it. Like he was uh, hurt for like three years. That's all they have left. That's this is yeah. all for Zion. It's like they it's either that type of trajectory or he sucks. And that's the last thing they have to compare him to. It's like, oh, I guess yeah. we gotta pull this out because well, the worst part well, is it's he was healthy and like dunking and he was just like a mentally 
had an issue where he couldn't play or something. I don't know what. Yeah, I, we've heard that one before. Yeah, it's it's a disaster. Um, what's funny about him is that like the Pelicans is if you just remember back to like December, people thought like they're gonna get the champ. They have a solid chance to win the championship, and they have a solid chance to get Victor Wembanyama from the Lakers pick. And so here they are now, just in like no man's land. Maybe Zion will come back. Probably not. And uh, that'll be that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that that's what they're just hoping for at that point for the Pelicans. Or I feel like their story is just going to completely ride on him. Like, I feel like even we as a podcast ebb and flow on them so much. At the end of the season, last season, we're like, they're doomed. But then Zion came out, played like what he was supposed to. And there was people on this podcast saying that they should really watch out for them for a deep run. Not a lot of people on the podcast said it either, but some were. But some that, was valid. That, that was valid at that point. So it is there. It's, it's funny that they were in that matchup with OKC, like you were just saying, right? Like they, they, I think the, the pulse on them couldn't be any different. Well, part of it for me, too, is I just don't believe in Brandon Ingram as like a true number one guy. And he had to be. Anyone does. And. If I mean, obviously, if you told me Zion's not coming back, I don't believe in this team because I don't believe in him. And it showed on this. I mean, yeah, Lou Dort was guarding him, but like he had a okay game. But you could tell, like when the clock was ticking down, SGA was making plays, and Brendan Ingram was getting locked up by Lou Dort, and seemed to be frustrated, was arguing with officials, and he's just not the guy I want leading my team on a postseason run. Well, transitioning out of that game to um, what what the Thunder will actually be competing against, which would be the Minnesota Timberwolves and Monroe. Um, why don't we break down that game a little bit more between uh, seven, eight, see between the T-Wolves and the Lakers. Steve, I know you have thoughts there. I mean, this was just the worst game of all time in, oh. in a good way, in a good way. Um, I always say that those, I compared it to that Broncos, whoever game where it was like 15 to 12 that went to overtime, which is horrible, horrible play the entire time, but it was almost funny. This was a similar way, and it reminded me a lot of a, like a college basketball game. It's just bad turnovers, bad shots, people airballing, people just launching balls out of bounds, charges. The worst, the worst brand of basketball you'll ever see. But in the end, it ended up being kind of fun. The Lakers, obviously, so fun. At the top. But I mean, I think it said more about both of these teams and how um, equipped they are to actually make a run in the West than it does anything else. There was a lot. I think there was a lot of chatter the very next morning about like, is this Lakers team getting hot at the right time? They like won like the last eight of their nine games. Like, look how they're clicking. I'm still not there at all. There's. I think they're gonna get if they if they win this next game. I think they're gonna get. Well, no, they're in. I'm sorry, I was confused. I think they're gonna get spanked by the Grizzlies. Yeah. No I'm, way. Well, so here before we let Riley jump in, I'm just gonna say, this Lakers team looked atrocious. Again, yeah. a bad Minnesota team that didn't have Rudy I, I hate watching Minnesota. Yeah, they didn't have Rudy Gobert. Say what you want about him. They didn't have Jane McDaniels, their best defender, one of their better up-and-coming players. Anthony Edwards has the single worst game of his career and maybe of anybody I've ever seen in a win-or-go-home game. And Carl, as usual, was in foul trouble. The Minnesota didn't literally did not have another big. Anthony Davis was just down low in the paint on his own and yet they still could barely squeak by beating Torian Prince and Mike Conley. He's not him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to save my Lakers talk a little bit into the uh, when we start previewing the, the later rounds. I just want to say the biggest disappointment of this game was um, in, in Edwards for sure. Like, guy was really like finally setting this the stage and really started in the playoffs last year to feel like he could be a number one guy, and he just absolutely no showed. Um, Towns a little bit of a redemption game for him, even though again he started just like fouling all over the place. So that wasn't that wasn't ideal. But um, other than that, yeah, I was I I I still like the Timberwolves. I think it'll be interesting with when they get a uh, Gobert back. I I don't know um, if you guys want to talk about that. What's the prediction between Minnesota and OKC tomorrow? I'm going to go myself. You're going with OKC? Yeah, I just think they have more momentum. I think I like they're talking about Ann Edwards just not being there. I think I like – and we were just praising the um, incredible play of the OKC backcourt. I think I like those guards being they're a lot faster. I mean, I just trust OKC's – like, it's crazy I'm saying this about such a young team, but I trust their decision-making and basketball IQ more than the Timberwolves. And I think there's just genuinely something wrong with Anthony Edwards, not in like a basketball sense, but in a health standpoint, because again, that was the worst game I've ever seen. So there's got to be something wrong with him. The whole Gobert thing and whether or not to bring him back. I don't even know if he's going to play. I think they're going to end up telling him not to play. And you saw some stuff report out today that's like, oh, well, he's kind of hurt. So he might not have played anyway. Like, I think they're setting a setting a table for him to just not play. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just quit. Yeah, you know what's funny too is like even if you bring Gobert back, like the Thunder are like the last team you want to have them in there because they don't have a single big guy. I actually don't know if they play like a single center. I think they just play like Jalen Williams. Center. They literally yeah, don't they just have play one. the other Jalen Williams at yeah. center. Um, yeah, and like if they just have a the constant guard switching of SGA, Gideon, Dort on the Gobert is just going to be like. Barbecue chicken. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see it. I feel like they almost, what I would do, I mean, it's hard to do this with like a $150 guy who you traded your whole franchise for. Um, but I think what I would do is like, all right, like, Rudy, you're going to be active and you're going to play if Carl gets in foul trouble again because that was the detriment to them against the Lakers. Like, it was working, they were fine. And then Cat got in foul trouble and they literally did not have another big because Nod is, is out as well. Like, it's like, Rudy, just, just be ready. We might need you. Um, and then what's the worst that he could do? Suck at that point? Yeah, maybe. But um, that's what I would do if he was healthy. But I doubt they're going to do that because they, they have to, like, justify playing him with them out there paying him and what they traded for him. That's what Chris Finch is saying. He's like, what's the worst you can do? Suck? You suck already. <laughs> that's what Tyler <laughs> Anderson said to him. <laughs> yeah. You're going out Chris there, you're sucking. He did have a presser, though, that was, like, very – like blunt and honest he's like we're very disappointed in rudy this is not what we expect next question he was not defending him whatsoever like they all hate that guy well did did you i don't know if you guys got a chance to listen on my monday pod but i likened it to like a guy rudy what he did to kyle anderson if they liked rudy gobert it wouldn't have been the end of the world but i think since it was rudy they used this as an opportunity to like to jump down his throat it's like if a guy and like we liked but like didn't really like that much did something like this, then we would go at him like, oh, cut him out, done. But if it's somebody like if one of us did that, us three, if you one of you punched me like that, I'd probably be like, eh, I probably I'm an idiot. Like, sorry. Mm -hmm. 
Like you're like they That's just very don't... nice of you. I, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you're saying. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Thunder as well in that pick. Um, let me let, let's shift gears to the Eastern Conference. I I want to talk about the first game of the entire slate and my favorite one by far. Um, that's the Atlanta Hawks absolute thrashing of the Miami Heat, beating them 116 to 105. And I can assure you, folks, if you didn't watch the game, it's it was not even remotely as close as the score made it seem. The Hawks yeah. were running away with it the entire time. It was bully ball. It was awesome. So, Steve, I think you have something to say for yourself a little bit. Um, what happened with Bam Adebayo, and how does he just get absolutely fathered by Clint Capella for 48 minutes? Yeah, not not a good look. Poetic. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know, listen – you're lucky you don't have to face this team in the playoffs. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, but, I mean, they stink. <laughs> like, they're, like, not good. And I could chalk up culture or whatever I want to say about them to be like, oh, you never know. It's the Heat. This team just isn't good this year. And they just don't have enough depth. They don't have talent. We, we thought Kevin Love, like, might have mattered when they brought him in. But he literally got two minutes, and then they're like, wait a minute. You have to get out of this game. You have <laughs> So, Get that crawfish the, out of there. The, these are these are people. I, I I wanted to say that these are people who logged less than ten minutes in this game. Kevin Love with three, yeah, three minutes total. Um, Cody Zeller with four minutes out of mind. Both of them at minus three, and then Victor Oladipo who logged in nine minutes, missed his only shot, and looked, checked out with a minus eight. So. Yeah, so not not ideal, them. not ideal at all. Um, yeah, they looked really, really sluggish and just bad. And what's funny about the Heat culture is they didn't seem to have any sort of intensity. Like they were just getting. They felt like the only person who seemed like he actually cared about being out there was Lowry, who had the best game of his career, probably. <laughs> yeah, if you if you told me Kyle was going to come out and drop thirty three or whatever it was in this game, I think I would have predicted the Heat to win by twenty six. But yeah. I mean, we gave Bam an, uh, shit where he deserves it, but Jimmy was really bad in this game too, and that's usually one thing you can count on with the Heat in a playoff for this type of atmosphere is Jimmy delivering playoff Jimmy, whatever you want to call him. He wasn't good. He just set the tone badly in the first quarter too. He just like missed layups, missed easy jumpers, was getting blocked all night. Um, it just didn't look like it was all there, and it sucks now um, because I'm the Heat guy, and I'm gonna have to say, like, I almost don't. I don't even want them to play the Bucks because that's that would just be embarrassing for a Heat culture, man. Like, let them lose here and just be done with. I don't need them in the postseason. I don't need to deal with it. Which is I don't think you'll have to worry about it. I think, I, you know, I think the Bulls are better at this point. Yeah. Well, I just think that like Struess and Vincent are just a wash. It's really weird how like it's just looking like they had a streaky past, you know, year and a half to two years because they were just like something that you had to respect last year in the playoffs and, you know, maybe create a lot more space for Jimmy to fuck around and do his thing and score a lot. But they just like, I mean, Rod, you're giving the rundown of everybody. Like they were also kind of out there just getting cardio. Like they put up like barely any points. So when two, two of your former biggest shooters are just kind of wasting a roster spot now, it's, it's really in a winner go home game. I think the bulls actually have a bit more to play for. They like, I feel like want to prove that their lineup is out there and working. They have, you know, a solid amount of pieces that I think will will match up really well against them. Autobio 
just something again, maybe something's wrong, but I think Vucevic will uh, stand up really nicely there. Yeah, I mean, the good news for the Heat, though, is that if they are able to get past the Bulls, they'll be going up against the Bucks, who, you know, can't rebound and don't have any size at all. So I think they'll be, uh, they should be able to squeak some out there, I would assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't even, like, I'm not even, I wouldn't even be able to come on this pod and, like, put on a show and be like, well, watch out for the Heat. Like, they could take the Bucks. Remember, they did it, like, four years ago. I wouldn't even have fun to do that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be able to. You can't. I, I do – I would be remiss if I did not talk about the Hawks, though, because I don't I don't know what it is about the men. Like, they suck, but they're also, like, really fun, like, when it's all going. Like, I do like them still. They have – right, if you remember, we, we loved them. Well, not, loved is not a maybe the right word to use, but we were really interested in them when they had that conference finals run. It was not something I loved when they beat the shit out of the Knicks. But remember you had that bit going where it's like they look like a – punk rock team with like Bogdanovich is like like Mohawk like they had a real like vibe to them and they were hungry so when they're cool they are kind of cool <laughs> it hurts but you're right yeah but the thing is though like I mean Steve you alluded to it already but like I was rooting so hard for the Atlanta Hawks just because the Celtics have just had Trey's number the entire time so um I'm really, really happy that they got to be the seventh seed here. But I, I, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about it in the Bulls thing. But like, to me, this is why the like the play in is so great. Is like, I would say if this was a seven game series, I would say this would probably end with the Heat winning because like the Hawks are just so streaky. But the fact that like they were so streaky and they just were went off on one particular game that's really all that mattered. Now they're the seventh seed. Yeah, and they showed up when it mattered. And I think another thing that you kind of brought up with the Celtics too, um, from their perspective in all this, is, I mean, ultimately they probably were going to win in four or five games, no matter who they played. But you'd much rather <laughs> just go up against a team like, um, like the Hawks, whereas the Heat – you're expecting a grind. People are going to fight. People are going to come at you. Someone might get hurt. The Hawks, they're not going to play hard or hard in terms of like dangerous basketball. Like they're run around, shoot the ball, whatever, go home, win or lose if we don't make them. It's just such a much easier and fun matchup. Exactly. Um, all right. Last game of the, of the slate was uh, the game yesterday between the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. Chicago ended up walking out 109 to 105. Um, I don't really know how much there is to talk about here. Steve, I know you were uh, texting us about Zach Levine, if you want to touch upon that. Well, yeah, I mean, I've probably been the only one on this pod to not defend Zach Levine because I get the criticism he gets. But I was talking – I don't know if it was you, John, but some of my Knicks friends in general – it's like, we don't want Zach Levine on the Knicks. It's like, what if we, we might only need to give up, like, one pick for him? Like, he's he could fit in nice with the shooting guard. He's better than RJ The stock is low right now. Yeah, he could have games like this. He's going to have his bad games. But when he's on, he's on, and he could be clutch. So you've seen him do it time and time again. He's not afraid to take a big shot. He hit two massively clutch free throws. RJ Barrett would have probably airballed one and bricked the other. And, I don't know, I just feel like he gets a little bit more hate than he deserves. Um, I don't think he's, like, a number one option on a really good team and that has showed with this Bulls team but 
I think this is a nice little display of what Zach Levine can do um, in, uh, I guess, yeah, it was a win-or-go-home scenario. So he's never really going to have that with this Bulls team, I think. They've made the playoffs a couple times, but I think they played the Bucks each time and got washed each time. Um, so that was probably the highest level of basketball we're going to see from Zach Levine in a while. But I just thought it was a nice little display. That's why the plan's fun is you just have someone that, like, is like Zach Levine can just go off from time to time put up, you know, a career, a career game for a big moment for him, a career game. I don't think he's ever been in the play. Uh, no, he was in the playoffs last year, but they were absolutely destroyed by the Bucks. But right, exactly. They've never gonna, they haven't had a meaningful playoff series. No, this is a standout moment for them in this in this team. And are they going to do anything super impactful? No, but I would pencil them in for the next round. So I think this like one through five when they're playing well, plays <laughs> works out well. You're singing the high praises of the newly dubbed playing Pat. Playing Pat, baby. 2-0, and best playing player in NBA history. He went, oh, one, for, he went one for five. He had that one really big rebound at the end. <laughs> he had a the thing is, he definitely, he definitely also is like, oh, man, this is my thing. He's going to be bringing that up against the Heat, too. Pat <laughs> Beverly versus the Miami Heat in a winner-go-home game is like, so deserving. <laughs> they should like cancel the game. The Heat. Finally, they have to stare down. Pat Bev. It's over. Well, and and then just on the other side, the Raptors. And like, what's so first about the Raptors is like, I feel like I like a lot of their players, but like when you watch it, it just looks like trash. Like it looks like absolute garbage. And I don't know if that's like a Nick Nurse thing or what, but like this is the like the perfect example. Like. They just didn't really – they, like, couldn't really um, – they couldn't really connect on any, like, particular way. I mean, granted, like, they kept it in pretty close. But, I mean, I, I thought they were, like, a – they're not a significantly better team than the Bulls. But, again, there should be a proven performers. This is where they show up in the playoffs and stuff. And yeah. um, they ended up, like, really choking it. But, um, say what you want about DeRozan's daughter and everything. Maybe she's <laughs> the one who kind of pushed them over the Love edge. It. That is really funny. Of the game, yeah. It actually did become a story of the game. I got like an athletic article sent to me about like the X factor of Dr. DeRozan. It was a bit of a bit, but like actually though, we were talking right before we started uh, recording. Like Scotty in his post game presser was like, "I'm not gonna lie, it was a factor. We were 18 from 36 from the line. We were hearing some blood curling screams. That's a bit of a paraphrase, but." They they heard it. They recognized it. He didn't even know like what it was at first. They had to sniff out the fact that it was like, no, dude, this is Demar Derozan's daughter. So I love that. I'll never forget that. I think the playing game is so great for like quirky moments like that. It's it is bizarre to see this Raptors team play that kind of brand of basketball. Is I feel like when they were firing, even like after they won the title, when they were still kind of scrapping the playoffs there. They only played, like, the beautiful game. They played – they relied on ball movement and all these other things. And I do agree with you, Riley. It is just, like, really not a fun time to watch. Yeah. It's just not great. It's just boring. Um, I'm kind of happy that they're not there. The Bulls, as much as Hayes, I like to give them. At least they're more fun. I really, really hope they just beat the Miami Heat again. You would just rather have the Chicago Bulls and the – Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs versus the Miami Heat and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like, totally. who in their right mind would, is rooting for the Miami Heat well, to make the playoffs? Normally, I, but not not in this case. I even agree with you. I don't. Like I Let's said, go. It's for it's for my 
mental well-being. Just don't even associate me with the heat in the playoffs. Let's just get him out of the way. Rather worry. You got you got to ditch the heat. You got to ditch him. I think it might be a little wake-up call. They don't make the playoffs. It's like, all right, maybe let's shuffle some things around. Um, one uh, I don't know if you guys know Raheem Palmer. He's a ringer guy. But he was like, I kind of want to see Kyrie on the Heat, and like, I I agree. Like, that's a place. Just send him there and see what happens. See if the culture like forms him or spits him back out. But I'd love to see that. And same. That's why I was saying I was clamoring for Westbrook to go there. I just want to throw weird things at the Heat and see what happens. Just give them bad players, and we'll see what happens. It's worked so well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it has. Some, I mean PJ Tucker. I think the loss of PJ Tucker was the biggest hit on Heat culture, honestly. Um, we've seen how good the Sixers have been with him. I think without uh, PJ Tucker anchoring that culture um, at the power forward position, I think that's why the Heat have fell off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? I think I really like uh, the Bulls' construction too. I just think it's fun how they have Caruso and Beverly at the guard positions. That's so annoying for anybody on that has to play them. Um, I like Alex. They're really good defensively. Obviously, Patrick Williams is the same, and then you have Demar Derozan and Levine scoring thirty. It's just a funly constructed team. Funly, I don't know. Going with that, they'll, they'll take a game off the Bucks. Yeah, they'll make it. They'll make it interesting. At least they'll make it like worth watching. As where the Heat will not. They'll just get swept. Yeah. What? So why don't we take that energy? Let's start breaking it in. Out, moving out of the play-in into the playoffs, time. and um, let's start going through. I have the bracket up right now on my end, so. Let's just discuss each series and what we think is going to happen. We can make an artificial fiends picks here. Um, let's start in the East with the, the we'll start with the one eight matchups in both. So that's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks versus the winner of the Miami Chicago game. Let's say it's Chicago. Um, all, I think we're all going officially Chicago, right? That's where we're locked in on. Yeah, I was going to say Chicago and probably four. Um, because I don't think Giannis <laughs> is going to be able to play. I think he'd say I, just, more I don't know more. how he matches up to <laughs> Vucevic. It would be tough. <laughs> well, I, well, no, Vucevic actually he owns him. Do you, do you guys remember in oh, the, the bubble? Magic. Yeah, remember the the Magic just like apps. There, there was like some. Uh, they own him for game one. It's like game one Vucevic. <laughs> game well, that, one. That, that was like peak of my Bucks hate, and I was like, "See, guys, see." <laughs> I remember getting texts from you. That was <laughs> such a saga. Well, then and then they were. They were booted by this other team. But um very eager to see this series. I do think it will be over in four games. Yeah, I maybe, maybe, like we said earlier, the Bulls might take one because the Bucks can have some streaky shooting nights, but it's over in four or five. Giannis Dominus. Yeah. There's really not much to talk about. I agree. Yeah, not not a lot to go on. <laughs> Same thing. They might be able to load manage Chris Middleton a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't really have to play. Yeah. They should. So, and then moving into the Nuggets um, as the one seed in the West, I feel like, again, the Nuggets are probably going to win, but I could see the Thunder actually taking, like, a game off them, Loki. Like, the Turtles will not. Yeah. I think the Thunder actually could because there's just, like, so many electric guys who could just get hot. Well, yeah, I'll... the Thunder present, like, an interesting matchup for the Nuggets. Obviously, we're all, I think, picking OKC somehow to beat um, the Timberwolves, even though they're underdogs, but I think it really will happen. And I think that presents the worst case for the Nuggets because, again, we talked about it um, in their game against the Pelicans. They don't have a center. And, yeah, you say, oh, well, that means Jokic is probably going to dominate. Well, Jokic is going to dominate anyway, whether they have a center or not. So maybe it's a fun strategy to just play all these small uh, running gun guards and you'll probably take a game just 
running up the score against them one night. Right. Well, I think I, I, I again, it's gonna be a clean sweep for both of these one seed matchups for us. I think. I do. I, I agree with you guys. I think it might get to five. I actually might even say it gets the six. I yeah, really do I feel don't hate that. If it's the Timberwolves, I think they get swept. But it's gonna remind me a bit of it. Could remind me a bit of like Pelicans Suns from last year, just because they might. I don't know if they're gonna face the same fate as Phoenix. I really hope not. I'm really rooting for Jokic and this team. But I do. I'm, I'm just like hesitant because we just haven't really seen it from the Nuggets in a while since the bubble for them to get to conference finals. So. I, do, I I think even even if it doesn't go to six, even if it's just five, I think we're going to learn a lot about how we're going to look at the Nuggets going forward. Because I think we talked about this last year. There's like a dirty five. Like you can win, but it just doesn't feel great. Like you just gutted out a couple close games. And like, ugh, like that series shouldn't have even gone to five. You should have like messed that team up really quick. So I think it might be like a dirty five or an alarming six. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, me either. But I'll, I'm going to go with the Nuggets in five on this one. But, yeah, I definitely don't hate that. Um, Let's stick out in the West. Because this series is probably one of the most interesting ones in the first round. The 4-5 matchup out here. I'm very curious to hear John's thoughts between the Phoenix Suns versus the L.A. Clippers here. John, I would love for you to get this started. <laughs> Kind of strangely feeling the opposite. I looked at the playoff bracket and knew this was on the calendar. I was excited for this podcast. I think we're going to learn the Suns are the team to be afraid of. You've officially bought in. I've bought in. Someone's going to have to be healthy, and I'm thinking it's going to be Phoenix. I I don't have as much of like a WWE-type take with this Clippers team. Since they've been all kind of like back and playing together, they've been yeah they've been winning a bit more, but they haven't been turning too many heads. I think I still feel the same way I do about them. Since the last time we recorded, where they just play now, you take it up the court type of ball. I don't think they play really cohesively. I think Kevin Durant's gonna like turn heads this series. It's gonna be Suns in five. It's for my. That's for All right, so so I'm picking LA then. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to pick LA. God. Well, that's what I was going to allude to. Steve, can this be a gambling pod where people just listen to what I pick and do the opposite? And do the op- they might be rich. Hey, Ethan. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, um, three year, it's been three years in a row now. I have selected uh, the Clippers before the season to come out of the West and win the NBA championship. Uh, Two years in a row, I picked them still heading into the postseason to win the championship. And this is another horse I'm jumping off of before the place, uh, the playoffs start. Um, I'm not taking them to win the West, even if they somehow beat the Suns. I can't see it. They're entering it without Paul George this time. At least I know that. Whereas in the past, Paul George has gotten hurt or the mystery of Kawhi was up in the air. This time I know what I'm getting. And I know there's just not enough, there's not enough talent on the team to beat the Suns team, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Suns as well. Um, I feel like, yeah, I think you're right. The, the Clippers are just kind of like missed their window. They're not really playing that well. Like, they're still playing relatively sloppy. seems like they really haven't been able to figure it out. They're going to be missing Paul George. Um, I mean, and Kawhi, again, like, Kawhi is playing like Kawhi, but I don't know if the team is deep enough, even compared to last year's team, where he could yeah. just, like, take over and have them even – Hold the candle to the Suns. I'm going to go with the Suns in five in this one. I'm going to take the Suns in six. I think the Clippers might be able to take two. 
but I, I still don't think it's a very competitive series. All right, John, what are you doing here? You, you're picking Suns, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I like Suns in five. I think LA will get one, but it's gonna be like a pity game. Like it'll be like three to one, like three nothing, and they'll get one in there. It's gonna be, it's gonna lead, it's gonna lead right away. To, I mean, we're gonna talk about this later, but there's so many teams that like the fate of this playoff season coming up really is gonna like judge like just how nuts the narrative will be to the off season. I think the Clippers will be one of them. It's like, all right, where are these players going? All right, moving back into the East here. This is the one that I think you guys want to talk about the most. This is number four seed Cleveland Cavaliers against the New York Knickerbockers, a five seed out of the play-in and actually in oh. the playoffs. <laughs> well, we, to be fair, we've actually never played in the play-in before. What's funny, yeah, but what's funny to me is like this team just screams play-in <laughs> team. No, Which the Knicks? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like what I've been talking. I, there's a maybe he maybe he listens. I did tell him I have a podcast, but he he wasn't. It's really concerning whenever you tell someone, "Oh, I'm doing a podcast," and they're like, "Great." And they're like, "Oh, where can I listen?" <laughs> like, I don't care. Uh, but he's a big he's a big Cavs fan. This man, um, you know, I I do like the Knicks. We're talking the whole time. I can't. He's like, dude, you don't sound too excited. Because the weird thing is, Steve and Rob, I feel like this has actually been like the matchup that's been locked in in the playoffs for like the longest. I feel like post All Star game on, it's been like, yep, it's gonna be the Cavs at, at four and the Knicks at five. That never really shifted. It, the only time it was like, oh man, like maybe the Cavs could fall and it could be like the Knicks at home. Right. That was it. Because we were on the like ten game winning streak, I think we cut like cut their lead to like two or three, and then we just kind of. Came back to earth a bit, and the Cavs have just been like slightly, slightly above mid. Sounds rude. They're having like a really great year, much better, and exciting than last year. But I, I don't know. I was talking off mic, Steve, before we started recording, and I was optimistic about the series. But I, I sound like a, I sound, I sound, I sound really, really, really lily livered. But lily livered. I, I, I kind of want to go like Cavs and six. Well. I couldn't agree with more. Uh, agree with you more on what you said earlier, John. Where I'm very nervous. Where this matchup has kind of been penciled in for like months now, and I think I had too much time to think about it. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like been why I'm not like dying and like so excited. Knicks playoff basketball because when we went into that matchup against the Hawks, obviously it was the first time we made the playoffs in a while. But I didn't. Oh, like we them. had them. We beat the crap out of them all year. Yeah, I didn't like the Hawks. I thought we were a great matchup for them. I really thought we were going to beat up on them, and it was going to be electric. This one, I, I not only do I just don't think we're as talented as the Cavs. It's very obvious to this podcast and to anyone who listens how much I like the Cavs and how much I love Donovan Mitchell. So even if I wanted to be like, oh, like I can't wait and go beat up on the Cavs, it'll always hurt in the end, if we do, like it, I'll still be thrilled for my Knicks and I'm a Knicks fan. I'm always going to root for them over whoever we're playing, but it's my third favorite team behind the Warriors. Like my third favorite player behind Steph Curry. And it's, it's pain. It's not the team I want to go in and play in the playoffs. I wanted these teams to like play in the Eastern conference finals and for a chance to um, make it to the NBA championship. Like this kind of sucks. And it's possible. We could win. We could win the series. I do think, I just think we need so many things to go our way where the Cavaliers don't need to have absolutely everything falling off, firing on all cylinders, if that makes sense. I think they have a really complete team, and they're I think they're a little bit deeper too. 
And I, I am afraid of playoff Donovan, even though he hasn't made it to a conference final. He never made a conference final in the Jazz, right? I don't think so. Um, no. Yeah, even though he hasn't made it to that, like, you know, second to last round in the playoffs, I just think he's, like, kind of lights out in the final, in the playoffs, and it's just, he like... He did do steps up in the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, so he has he, he has, he's got it in him. So now that he ha- the fact that he has it in him, and he doesn't have to play with Rudy Gobert, that's a huge advantage that people need to take into consideration. He doesn't even need to give any entry-level passes to Rudy Gobert, so that's incredible for him, and... I think, yeah, so the Knicks, on the other hand, I think we need to have, like, an absolute breakout performance from Emmanuel quickly, who we, I will talk about later in that same category. I think we need to be fully healthy, which I think we're a little dinged up. So it's possible. I think it'll be a dirty six win for the Cavs. We're going to give it to them. But I, I, if I, like, really want to play, I feel like I played with my heart a lot last year. I'm going to try to play more with my mind. I'm ashamed to say, yeah, Cavs in the six. What about you, Riley? What are you thinking? Yeah, I I I don't know. Like, what's funny about to me with the Knicks is like I never. It took me a very long time, to, like, really buy in with how good they actually were. Um, but they really did you notice like, when you know they they like shit on the Celtics twice in a week. Did you notice that exactly? And you know, it was probably right around the time where I was like, oh yeah, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> That's um, my game of the year. Yeah, no, they're they're a pretty solid team. I think you guys are right. They definitely got screwed a little bit by having. This is how it it all sh- uh, shook out, um, which is disappointing because I definitely think if they had been able to play like the Nets or something, they could be probably be able to make it into the second round. But this is going to be tough. I think it's going to be hurt you guys a lot if uh, Donovan goes up for like forty four in the Garden on Game Four. Um, that's going to be kind of so, brutal. It's going to be so um, bittersweet for me. I'm just going to be like, well, fuck. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna be disappointed as all. I think for most Knicks fans, it's gonna feel that way. Well, again, too, I I hate that like you know the headlines the next day and Stephen A. Smith is gonna be losing his mind on first take, being like, "We're gonna have this guy, Donovan, no, look around, what were we doing? No, he's gonna be losing his mind." Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I I like it. Uh, I'm going with Cavs and six. I think in this one, I do think the Knicks are good enough to take at least two games, one in the Garden, and I think they're just scrappy enough. And you, you know, you get the, the you get the Julius game, you get the game where Donovan's <laughs> a little bit off, and you know, I don't know, That's the frisky the, Knicks. The, the thing that gives me a little bit of hope is Jalen Brunson went toe to toe with Donovan last year in the playoffs and beat him. Oh. Uh, it gives me a little bit of hope. I need to know if Julius Randle is going to be healthy. Um, it's a really, really tough matchup for him in the series, not only going against Mobley, obviously, but with Jared Allen clogging the paint as well. Um, so I don't think it's, like, prerogative that he, like, plays and goes off because I think it's going to be a struggle for him anyway, and it's probably going to end up turning into, by the end of the series, oh, see, Julius wasn't good all along. You know, that's what frightens me the most, yeah. if he has a bad well, series. I don't think we have a lot to, like – even though I was like, oh, the narrative's going to suck, people are going to go, why didn't they go ahead and get RJ? I think we actually end up playing, oddly enough, like above expectations this year, so we're not going to get, like, crucified like other teams will. Julius got crucified after that series against the Hawks for no good reason, to be fair. Um, just because he had a bad series, he literally closed yeah. the whole regular season um, and didn't really show up against the Hawks, and he was crucified and it let, bled into the whole next year. Um, but I know. He, He's sensitive, like us. Yeah, I think... Um, I do ultimately do think the Cavs will end up taking this, um, but I'm going to say Cavs in seven. I think it's that good of a series. 
Um, I think the home court advantage for the Cavs pays off. Um, but I think we really, really take it to them. And there are going to be points where I think we might have a chance to win it. Uh, but I am going to ultimately side with the Cavs. Uh, but go Knicks. I hope we're wrong. Hope we're wrong. I'm praying we're wrong. And I'm praying uh, we just have a nice, great series of great basketball. And no one is, like, crucified after. That's my. That's all I want. Okay, well, how, well, how about this? This will be a little bit more cathartic. We'll just stick with um, this part of the bracket in the in the top left part. Bucks, Cavs. What's your prediction for that series? I, I think the Bucks again probably take that that in five or six. I feel like, and that's another part. That's another it. weird part of uh, this playoffs is like even if as a Knicks fan I'm rooting and I want to win this series, I know we're smoked if we do win. We have to play the Bucks. I think we lose in five. I think the Cavs don't have much of a chance either. I think it makes it a little bit more of a game because they're so good on defense. But I just think the Bucks are a wagon, and I don't see the Bucks losing to either of these teams. Me either. Me either. I, I, and again, it's tough because you don't even want to say too much without knowing exactly what the playoffs look like. But, man, the, the Bucks are just a wagon. And then, to your point, I think they could just run through. I hope the Knicks were the Cavs. Um, but this one is going to be fun. Um, in the, the West, the Second round matchup between the Nuggets and the Suns, the one four matchup. Oh here. god, yeah. Um, the Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, bad day to be a. Uh, this is a bad time to be a uh, Jokic stand right now. You you better hope he doesn't win MVP at that point. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm picking the Suns to Suns and six. I would say here. I know the Nuggets have some revenge and they're playing really well, but um, I mean the Suns with Durant and if they. The Suns can just stay healthy with Durant. I I think they're going to be able to, yeah, overtake the Nuggets. Which again is maybe the best series in the West, but who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. There you go, you can go, John. I was going to say I think so. It's going to really depend on how healthy they are, and the, I think it's going to be a big role players series because Suns are are deep. I think they are deeper than Denver, but I think they're going to have to really show up because I think. What is amazing about Nikola, we don't need to talk about him any more than we already have, is but he can just dish it to anybody if they're getting hot. And if like they do get hot, it could be really amazing. I think what I hope I hope they lean into Dunes. I hope he find, I hope Jamal Murray finds it in him to kind of just like have Jokic be the, the point point center. If Jamal's really just knocking him down, so is KCP and these other shooters that they have. It could be a really interesting series because I think the Suns can be really a feast or famine when it comes to shooting. Like I feel like I don't want to be in a playoff series and have to rely on campaign so much. So I think this will actually be a really close series. I hate to do it, but I am going to go with the Suns in six or seven as well. But it's going to be really close. Yeah, uh, for me... This has been an emotional journey the past <laughs> few weeks and towards. Oh the man. I've talked about whether or not I want to root and will like this Suns team. I've officially fallen in the camp of I don't think there's any chance I'm going to be rooting for them in any series. Um, not no. because I don't like them necessarily, but just because I like every team they'd play better. The only chance that you're going to find me rooting for the Suns is if we end up getting a Suns Lakers uh, NFC championship, uh, Western Conference final championship. Um, but that's that's who knows. Um, in terms of what I think. I just the Suns are undefeated when Kevin Durant has played with them, and yes. it's not a thing where like oh, but guys they haven't played much, like they're not going to be well tuned. They're 
they have to play more as a team to go into the playoffs cohesively. Kevin Durant is a freaking unicorn, and it doesn't matter where he's played, when he's played, where he's played, when, what time he's played, uh, how hurt he is, whatever. He'll fit into this Suns team like clockwork. It won't matter. I just think they're going to be the team to beat for me. I think this is the Western Conference Championship, basically. I think it's going to be a hard-fought series, and I'm going to be rooting like fuck for Jokic to win it and justify uh, the two MVPs he has to cement his legacy because of him beating this Suns team would be iconic and huge for him, but I don't see it. I really don't see it. I don't think uh, the role guys in Denver are good enough. I I don't think MPJ is going to be able to step up in this matchup. I think the Suns are going to win it in the six or seven as well. Yep. Yep. I think, I think we're all kind of in, in alignment there. Um, all right. Br- br- going back into the uh, Western Conference first round, we can talk about um, the Kings and Warriors 3-6 series here. Um, John, notorious Warriors hater. Steve, notorious <laughs> Warriors lover. Um, I'm curious to think – well, you guys will side on this because, Steve, I know you were having big in the Kings this year, too. Yeah, this sucks, but I'll let John go first. I was about, I was looking, the next words out of my mouth were going to be, Steve, why don't you go first? <laughs> why don't you go ahead? Riley, uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, wait, oh, actually, okay. can we have that? You go first, Riley. I would love to go first. I would love to go first. Um, I feel like the Warriors are kind of getting the reigning champ Um laurel resting almost a little bit i know they're getting wiggins back for the first game um which should be huge for them but i mean i don't know i mean I'm, i feel like i watched a good amount of them this year and at no point did i think they really looked better than the kings i i, I truthfully maybe that is just me feeling like a hater being a little bit biased and stubborn no, against okay. them. like the kings as a team look better but again this is the nba playoffs the nba and if you have a player as good as Steph Curry, Steph Curry could single-handedly win you a series against a team like the, the Kings who have not um, been able to actually perform and or really have any experience even close to this. So it is like the team playing with house money versus a team with everything to prove and with all the experience to prove it. Um, I think in the end, I'm going to go with the Warriors on this one. I'm going to go with the Warriors in six. I think it's going to be close series. Six or seven, but Warriors kind of duel it out here. I'll hop in um, because you know we're fighting, obviously. Uh, but I was so, so excited um, before the playoffs started and before the bracket kind of took shape. I've talked to people and said, I am picking the Kings no matter who they play in the first round of the West, whether it be the Clippers, oh. Clippers, Lakers, T-Wolves, Mavs, that was the dream. I wanted them to play the Mavs. The Pelicans, the Thunder, anybody. The Suns. The Suns, I probably would have done it. I I would have hated it, but I would have done it. Uh, But I'm obviously picking the Warriors. It's my job, it's my duty on this podcast to pick the Warriors, just as it's my duty to say, ah, the Heat, they might put up a fight. You Be careful. It's my job to pick the Warriors. I don't think anybody is taking down Steph Curry. I don't think anybody is going to be able to stop them. I don't care how good this Kings team is. I think it's huge that the Warriors are getting Andrew Wiggins back. I know he'll be able to contribute just like he left off last year in the playoffs. He's a really, really athletic, really good, talented player. As we've seen when he's been on the court this year, they're fine. I think they're going to ultimately pull it out. Uh, I think the Kings will light the beam once or twice. 
but I just don't think they have the experience necessary to beat a team like Golden State. They've struggled on the road all year, but I think at home they're not going to – I don't think the war, uh, the Kings are going to go into Golden State and actually be able to win a game. Well, and that's a good point on the Andrew Wiggins thing that because just how great he was in the playoffs because I don't think he's actually played a game since the playoffs last year. So really? this will be great for him just to keep riding that high and staying hot. Yeah. Wish I knew what happened to him, but for the best, we probably don't. Well, John picked him to be an all-star. <laughs> he should have been. Even though he wasn't getting too much playing time. <laughs> All right, John. Was... Who is it going to be? The Sacramento Kings <laughs> will light the beam only three times because this babe's going to seven, but Andrew Wiggins is the X-Factor, baby. Oh, oh, Warriors no. in seven. No. All right, King... <laughs> Kings in five. Damn it's, it. It's, Damn I mean, it. heard it first. No, because as cute you as this whole pick Kings, the Warriors. As cute as this whole Kings thing's been, they don't have the playoff experience that the Warriors do. They've played like the most aesthetically not pleasing. They just haven't looked like the Warriors this year. But I I think that their lineups that they'll run, I just have a hard time picking like Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk against like Clay and Steph, especially with Wiggins rejoining. I don't think that they're going to get out of just the first round. They're going to lose to who they play next? The Grizzlies? Yeah, right. Or yeah, Grizzlies, Lakers. They're going to lose to whoever wins. Actually, no, they, they would beat the Lakers. <laughs> I, can't, disaster. I can't have that happen. But yes, I think the Warriors will just barely edge it out. Shit. Wonderful. All right. Wow. That's like one of the few consensus. I mean, I feel like we've been do, actually doing a lot of consensus picks, but that one I thought was definitely going to be a little bit more contentious. But John, it's I your job to not pick the Warriors. I couldn't do it just because it's, you know, the character I play, even though it is true. I usually do just have I'm very doubtful of them, but I'm even more doubtful of this Kings team. It's just so hard. It's been great, and they've actually played like really consistent basketball. They have like they're like all isn't their offensive rating like historic? It's crazy. It is. They're playing like the Warriors used to play. Like the Warriors have looked terrible, but I just think that things slow down in the playoffs. And like as generic and anti-fun as it sounds, I think that players have a lot of advantage when it comes to. You know, the game coming some, like I just said, a bit slower. Curry's been in these moments before. I, I, If I was a betting man, I would bet the Warriors. All right. I think, I think that's, a, that's a sleep for us. Um, moving back to the, the well, East. Well, well before we move on, I just want to say, I cannot wait when the Warriors lose one game for John to send us angry texts and flip. <laughs> Falling off. <laughs> No, full confidence. I think they're going to lose game one. I wouldn't be too surprised if they lost game one on the road, and that'll be it. John will be on the Kings. <laughs> it's all Kings, baby. No, I'm never flipped in my life. <laughs> so so in the East, um, this is the only series that I probably will not watch a single game of. Um, this is the 76ers Brooklyn Nets series. Um, Brooklyn Nets, again, great story. Mikhail's been super great. Um, but this one to me feels like the closest to a wrap out of all these. I'm I'm picking the yeah. Sixers in four on this one. I think they just clean house. I think Bridges is gonna put his name on the map and might take a game, but yeah, Sixers, yeah, I have them in five. I I like uh, Sixers in five as well. I think again we'll get to 
some players are going to make a name for themselves, but I think you're right with Bridges there. I think they just kind of like kept their heads above water as soon as the ship absolutely blew up with Grant and Irving leaving this year. Sixers are an awesome team who I love and I do see going far, but I, I, yeah, you're you're completely right, Riley. This is going to be over pretty quickly. Yeah, there's honestly, honestly, I don't know what there is to talk about because I just don't think there's much of a chance. Who's more likely to win a game, the Nets or the Hawks? That would be our. I may say the Hawks. Weirdly. <laughs> but, well, why don't we talk about that series? That's the other one, too. Yeah, the Celtics and the Hawks versus the Red Hot Hawks, who just completely dismantled the Miami Heat um, going up against Boston, who is uh, maybe without uh, their other All-NBA player who has missing half his hand. Um, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, before you go on, I'm going to jump in here. I alluded to it on the Monday pod. Do you buy his story? Um, I, I think it's I, I hope I do. I, I don't know what, what else it would be. I don't even know what else would happen. Fight? Something of the sort? Angry? I feel like I would have heard. I feel like you would have heard, like, the rumblings from that. I don't, um, I don't know if you would have. I, I don't know. I mean, they say he's going to be good to go and ready to play, so good on him, but... I mean, that was not something I wanted to see when I looked at my phone last week. <laughs> I, I can't lie. Um, that was pretty horrible. But even with all that, um, I'm picking the Celtics to win. I think this one will be Celtics in five. I think they can get sloppy in one game and the Hawks can kind of take steal one away. But um, I think the Celtics are they're, – they're locked in and they know um, they take care of business. So I'm picking the Celtics. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, the Celtics are the two best players on the court at all times with them, so we'll get it done fairly easy, but I do, I do see them taking it. It'll be, it'll be a trade game. <laughs> the trade game. Um, all right, let's let's go back in the West. We, we got to talk about this series because I think this is the one where we may see some divisiveness is the number two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies going up against the red-hot Los Angeles Lakers, just coming out of a huge win um, against Minnesota. And now they're keep trying to carry that energy through into Memphis. Um, Steve, your thoughts here? I hate both these teams, and I think neither of them are very good. I would have picked against uh, both of them no matter who they played. Um, and unfortunately, I have to pick one of them. Uh, I think the Grizzlies' lack of size is going to hurt them. I think the Lakers' lack of talent is going to hurt them. <laughs> I think John Morant is ultimately – um, at this point, assuming he doesn't have any uh, gun issues or whatever, um, going to be <laughs> the most athletically talented player on the court. Um, LeBron, after playing in that playing game, looked like he just played nine days in a row with gas. It didn't even look like he could breathe by the end of the game. Um, obviously, he still is very good and still going to be able to impact these games incredibly. Um, but here's going to be my thing. I went into it at first. I was like, oh, it makes too much sense uh, for the NBA to want a Lakers-Warriors uh, Lakers round two matchup. But then I remembered, wait a minute, the NBA might just as much want an NBA uh, rematch between the Warriors and Grizzlies. So I think the NBA doesn't have as much incentive to rig it as uh, a guy like Bill Simmons might think. Um, I think Jaron Jackson is going to be the X factor here. Um, Jaron Jackson, a, not consensus for defensive player of the year, but he's probably the favorite to win it at this point. 
Well, I'm no, cla- not at this point. I feel like the, the CIA is coming out and get, trying to get Mobley well, to win out of nowhere. I mean, I and I very much agree with it. Um, Jaron Jackson played like 24 minutes a game in like 50 games. Uh, I don't know if you should necessarily be winning the award, but based on the uh, votes that have been in so far, it does seem like Jaron Jackson is going to be able to win it. Um, but that doesn't matter because I think uh, we're going to see a player – of Jaron Jackson that is akin to Carl Anthony Towns. They're very, very similar. They get in a lot of foul trouble, and I think Anthony Davis is going to bully him. And if Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble, just like Carl Anthony Towns got in foul trouble in the playing game, the Grizzlies literally have nobody left to guard him. I don't think they have Xavier Tillman. That's who we're going to throw at this guy. I forgot who the white guy they have off the bench is, uh, Aldama. They're not containing Anthony Davis. I don't think the Grizzlies have enough talent to win this game. I think Dylan Brooks sucks. I think the rest of their bench isn't good. I don't know if they're going to be able to win the series, and it fucking pains me. I'm totally with you. I, I think that's that's it. Wait, you the Kings in a win? Uh, I yeah, I do. Oh, you and I are both flipping tonight. I mean, I mean, the Grizzlies. I hate, the Grizzlies. I hate the two Grizzlies. of their starters. I hate the Grizzlies. I hate the Lakers. It's just who I. It, I'm not picking based on who I don't like at this point because I hate them both so much. So yeah. I'm picking who I think is going to win. Bro, how do you feel about this series? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I, I alluded to it earlier, but I, I'm picking the Lakers on this one. I think they're going to be able to take this. Grizzlies again are missing their starting center and their starting power forward. I think to Steve's point. Triple J has been shown to just be a foul merchant. I think he's um, going to be – people are going to be like, oh, this is the defensive player of the year. It's like, well, yeah, you guys voted for him for some reason. He's like – just because he averages three blocks a game. Yeah, he's, he's like the biggest star letdown uh, that we, we mentioned earlier. I think I, I, think I, think I like, have that on my list for that later. Written all over him. Um, yeah, I, I think that could really happen. I think the Lakers could – Again, they have guys on their team who they may not all be good, but they all have. It's just sounds so stupid to say, but they all have guys who like could get hot at any moment. Um, and LeBron and Davis would just have a rocket consistency there. That I feel like the Grizzlies—they've just yeah. been dealing with so much trash. I I think they they may just be a little bit more tired of it. Um, this is the toilet bowl the, series for me. I hate. Yeah, them. I'm going with the Lakers here. I'm going to go with Grizzlies in seven. I do – I think they can pull it out. I think just – I wasn't super impressed with how atrocious the Lakers looked against a really bad Wolves team. Yeah, the Lakers won. But I think a lot of things went their way. And I think, yeah, I'm usually a big defender of my guy, LeBron James. LBJ, not La Mickey Mouse. It's La King. Come on now. Step with it, Steve. Appreciate greatness. Not tonight. We're not doing this, but – you're the one that's you're the one that's buying in, and I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm where where I'm, I'm argument did it sound like I was buying in? I think he stinks. I think he's kind of washed. I think the Lakers are awful. I just think the Grizzlies are worse. Yeah, they're just not good. They're not. They're not ready for it. They're too injured. I think it's going to go to seven because it, they're not that much better. But I think they'll be able to. I, don't know, I, th- I think. I think. I think Jaw has had an impressive playoff run thus far in his career. Ja, ja, like I said, though, is to me the best player at this point in, their yeah. in the series. And I'm, I'm, I'm picking the best player. In, I'm trying to – that's what I was kind of saying with, you know, somehow favoring the Warriors over the Kings there. I'm trying to think about, like, the best player in each playoff series. And I think things are going to start to go their way. They also kept their head really nicely above water 
when he was out. And now I know they have a lot more injuries since then. But uh, I think they, I think home court's going to be really important here. I think they just barely squeak it out in seven. But I, I understand. I understand it too, man. I think it can definitely really fall that way. I think LeBron can have, I don't know, his hundreds of playoff game experience come to really help him out there. But I'll be... I'll be rooting for the Grizz and I'll be expecting them to win. I I want to see some new blood in there. I don't know. I don't have the same vivacity that for LeBron that I usually have. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Riley. I feel like your opinion on the Lakers is definitely a little bit more pro Lakers though, whereas mine is I hate the Grizzlies that much, so I'm settling on the Lakers. But you actually think there is something in this Lakers team? No, I I mean they just they have guys who are like notoriously inconsistent. And, like, I think those are the kind of guys that you almost – so stupid to say, I know, but, like, those are the kind of guys you almost want in the playoffs is, like, guys like Schroeder or D'Lo who, like, any kind of game could get, like, 27 just out of nowhere um, as long as you have, like, LeBron and Davis as a consistent rock. Austin um, Yeah, exactly. Austin Reed's t- – yeah, 100%. And I, I think I think to your point, though, it's just, like, I, I – the Grizzlies, like, what made them so great is, like, these big, like, strong dudes that they, had, like, could throw down low in the paint. And two of those guys are now missing it with injuries, and they're not going to be able to come back, um, which is brutal for them. Um, yeah. I so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm John, you've been outranked. I think we all – we Stephen and I picked the Lakers, so. Yeah, no, it's it, it happens. We have our first our first split. I think we were consensus up until this point. We needed to have a split. Um, and before and we, I don't even believe in it. I just had to do it. No, the, the, the last uh, kind of thing I want to say, too, is I've been so adamant um, throughout this whole year on this podcast about Dylan Brooks and the fact that he's going to be an issue in the playoffs. If there is a team that's going to take advantage of the stupidity and the the cockiness of Dylan Brooks, it's a team led by LeBron James who's smart enough to know what he's doing. Exactly. He's, he, I think Dylan Brooks is going to have to guard LeBron. That's going to be horrible. That's not going to go well. Not going to go well at all. Um, all right, well, John, maybe you can get your revenge on this one because the <laughs> semifinal other matchup is going to be the Warriors against the Lakers, the 6-7 seed <laughs> in the playoffs. So, oh, John, man. who are you picking in this one? Well, to be fair, John can still so pick the Grizzlies if you want because that's who he is. Oh, uh, fair. I'll, I'll keep, I like the idea of keeping a running Fiends consensus bracket. I'll, I'll play that game. Yeah, but we'll pick both. Okay, pick, pick who both. you think because you have the Grizzlies. So, who would win in each matchup for you? I I like to see Memphis get to the conference finals and lose to the Suns this year. To be honest, you think they think get their revenge on I, the Warriors? They would. It'd be a bit, a bit of a passing the torch moment. Like no more. I I I think I was getting to this last podcast. A little, little, little fed up with Clay Thompson pointing at the four rings and shit. I think that they're gonna figure things out and have a full. Uh, you know, head full of steam going into that matchup. Again, it'll be close. Could be an iconic second round. But I think the Grizzlies still pull that out. That's personally the matchup I do want in the second round. Um, obviously, the the common head would rather prefer watch Steph Curry versus LeBron. And that's why that's why I don't hate them either, Steve. I think that they are the bizarre version of the Heat. Where they're like, we draft a certain type of player. We have this like grit and grind type of attitude. But again, they're like just goofballs who are really strange people like i'm not intimidated by dylan brooks whatsoever but i think he's like he's like pat bev but if people really emphasize this play 
Yeah, but see, I, I that I just think Dylan Brooks is just as bad. We we actually had this argument. Before. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, we, I, we I, really I think, had this. This was last yeah, episode. Yeah, I think it's yeah, exactly. But that's hurts. why. I, but that's why I like them and I want to see them go far yeah. because they're good television. Yeah, I would. Um, I would if I prefer the rematch and the history and the beef between the Grizzlies and Warriors than just like oh Steph versus LeBron again. Like that would just, that would just stress me out. Like Grizzlies Warriors would be more fun for me. Steph versus LeBron, God, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I mean, then now is where I can finally be like, all right, the Lakers are just straight trash, and I'm obviously picking yeah. the Warriors. Oh, because... They go back around and they're still straight trash, but I understand. <laughs> well, I, I think I think both teams are just straight trash in that round before. Um, and I think only one team is straight trash in this round, and that's the Lakers. So um, give me the pedigree of the Warriors and the talent of the Warriors over the Lakers, who are going to be gassed by this point because they could barely yes. last 45 minutes against the Wolves. Uh, they're not going to last. I think whoever yeah. they in this series, um, if the Lakers do beat the Grizzlies, they would get smoked by the Kings and they would get smoked by the Warriors. Well, this one I... will be – I think this one's going to go 7-2. They're going to want to extend this series as far as they possibly can. Yeah, this There's is the rest of the Let's go, yeah. Foster. 100%. Uh, I'm with you. I do fall back in line with you guys with the Warriors winning in a close series. Wow. So the Warriors making – if the Warriors made the conference finals, then maybe the least enthusiastic I've ever been about a conference finals team. Yeah. How did you guys get there? Well, I mean, but the but matchup you... between them and uh team out uh, – like the Suns, the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry – narrative that would be so much fun yeah but that one's easy if the suns win in five <laughs> i don't know we just want to get through that i feel like the suns just take that one yeah yeah I, if you want to wrap up the i would also off. uh obviously would for the sake of uh the podcast when it got to that point i'm probably gonna pick the warriors um uh, but i mean i don't see how they could beat uh this suns team my hope would be that by that point there's somebody hurt for the suns and then like they go oh, chris paul he's getting old devin booker's like playing on one leg like here come the warriors they're gonna do it again uh, but I think it would be fun in terms of a, a product. Uh, I think the Suns probably advance and get to the finals, but um, I don't. I think that's where the Warriors' run would end this year. I agree. Assuming everyone's healthy, the Phoenix Suns will take good care of them in five at a max of like a fluky six. Jordan Poole just chucking up shots. Yeah, Devin Booker is a good basketball player. He is. You're right. People don't talk about that enough. <laughs> All right. And going into the East, I think this is where the, the where the real fun begins here because this is the 2-3 matchup between the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Um, I want to know everybody else's thoughts before I – I think everyone kind of knows where I'm leading on this one. Yeah, I'll hop in here. Um, as a Joel Embiid MVP backer, I've watched a ton of 76ers this year. Um, and I've obviously haven't followed the Celtics as closely as you have. Uh, but to me, there's something about this Celtics team all year, all season, that's just been a little bit off. I don't know if it's this Jalen Brown wanting out or talking about him leaving and now slicing his hand open. I don't know if it's Al Horford, clearly not as good as he was last year and how vital he was to their postseason run last year. I don't know if it's Marcus Smart, clearly not as good and clearly not as impactful on the defensive end as last year. Um, obviously, Jason Brown, uh, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum are another step up. They've been awesome, um, but I just think there's a little bit of something different and off about this Celtics team. And in this matchup, I think everyone's going to be, oh, the Celtics. They own the Sixers. They always own the Sixers. Um, but I think there's something different about the Sixers team as well. 
I think Harden is at a different level. They're, everyone's going to discount Harden. Harden doesn't perform in the playoffs. He's never gotten it done. I think Embiid, there's something different about him this year. He finally got the monkey off his back. He's going to win the MVP. And I think he is motivated. And I think we kind of saw it in that Celtics 76ers matchup towards the end of the year where the Celtics almost miraculously came back and won. Uh, but that's beside the point. Um, yes. I think the Sixers are finally going to get another monkey off their back. I think James Harden gets it done. I think Embiid gets it done. And I think finally the Doc Rivers. Celtics. Doc Rivers. I didn't even mention him. The Doc Rivers revenge game. Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers going into Boston gets his revenge too. I think in my head, this narratively fits um, how I think it all plays out. And we're going to get Sixers versus Bucks. Narratively, though, to that point, if you're going to pick all that to happen, you always just picked them to win the whole thing. Because it's I, like, I, I, I could, but I then I, then I think they're just going up against a Bucks. I, I did it last. We'll, we'll talk about that after. Joel Embiid has a record of eleven and twenty in the regular season and playoffs versus the Celtics, and, and I just I that. think that I that that people are going to feed into that. They're like, he's never been able to do it, but what has he also never been able to do? Win an MVP, and he did this year. And I just there's something different, and there's some Riley. You may not admit it on the pod, but you know there's something different about this Celtics team as well. I could see it. If I could see it, I know you could see it. Um, there's something off about it, and I don't know what the vibe is. I don't know if it's the coach, because the coaching difference between this year and last year is a huge difference, but there's something different, and I'm not confident. I'm not going to be like, I know for a fact the Sixers are going to beat this Celtics team, but I feel really good about it. I mean, I'm all in on the Celtics team. Jason <laughs> Tatum led the league in points. He's unreal. No, he didn't. Joel Embiid led the league in points per game. Yeah, he, he, he led the league in points per game. Yeah, that's all that matters. Uh, I don't know. Tatum, epitome of clutch. They, he loves to go back and forth against Embiid. Um, I think this is something. This is going to be a series that he really takes personally. And he's not going to want to lose this series because that, that'd be huge for them. So, um, PJ Tucker is going to be guarding him. I think it's going to be tough. No, he he'll drop forty five again. <laughs> no, I like that. <laughs> All right, John, what do you think? It's gonna be a classic. It's gonna be a hard to classic. In seven games, I think the Sixers come out on top. God damn it! <laughs> I picked them Not to again. go all the way. I picked them to go all the way last year, and I will not pick them to go all the way this year. There's a it was wrong then, and it's wrong now. <laughs> no, no, the, but they'll win this series for sure. Uh, I just feel really for sure. <laughs> for sure, win this for sure. Wow. I just think I can't be a hypocrite because I feel like how I've been looking at this really confusing playoff bracket where things are really close across the board, and I think a lot of it's going to shake out with injuries and healthiness. Same thing, John. I think I do want to pick the team with the best player on the court. I think the best player is Joel. And I just you know what's weird again, too. We don't know anything, but I think sometimes I just go off of like a well, they're due type of feeling. I just feel like they're kind of due, and I feel like Harden's kind of due. 
He's got to like he's got to put the ball in the basket in the playoffs for what ten points? No, he's exactly, but he's he's due to like have a successful playoffs. Like people said last year. Well, John, that's kind of where I kind of agree with you. I think a lot of people's analysis on this potential matchup is just based on past history. It's like, oh, well, Harden yeah. performed before, classic. and this is anybody who's seen it, Riley. You've said it yeah. many times on this podcast. This is a different James Harden this year. I've seen it many times. He led the league in assists, and I get it. There's, there's a horrible history, and it's hard to pick a guy. And, like, you're not going to go against your team. I'm not being like, Riley, you're an idiot for picking the Celtics. That's That would be dumb of me to say um, because I've been, I, I actually picked against the Knicks. But anyway, um, I don't. I wouldn't have expected you to pick the Sixers. But I think using the logic of we own them is what could end up biting you guys in the ass because I think the, six, uh, the Celtics might go into the series thinking we own this team, we're fine, and I think that might hurt them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They still have been this year, like, really great. I mean, they won 57 games. Like, they were only one out of the, getting the, the number one seed overall. I, I think Maz has been a pretty solid coach. It, this is all going to be about um how many minutes they can get out of Horford and Rob and the yeah. big guys they are going to be rotating against Embiid here. It, it, we got to see – I think a lot of this is going to depend on how Jalen looks in the, uh, the Hawks series and if he's actually able to shoot well, but – I mean, we saw the leap that Tatum took in the playoffs last year going, he really can show that he, he is confident enough to go head-to-head in the court against anybody. Um, and I would take him in a, in a one-on-one matchup to, to win a game uh, against anyone on the floor. So, I mean, I'm picking the Celtics to win in, in five. But um, that's, that's, that's ambitious. No, they, like they, know what they, they know what they yeah. do. I, I think – what you just pointed out is why I ended up like you know mentally in this moment leaning towards the Sixers is just because I, I think the best player on the court is and obviously the Sixers best player in Joel Embiid has a really favorable matchup against just glass you know bones and paper skin Rob Williams and just an aging Horford if he can find the playoff juice again it'll be an incredible story and I love it and I root for it but I just think I'm gonna I think I don't I don't like those guys that have to guard Joel this series ultimately. I well, y'all should y'all should better. be praying that you should y'all should be play, praying that uh, Embiid gets out early, so because then they can start the Embiid to New York talk early. I know. Hey, I love it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it happens though. I think this is that's like in the same way they were talking about um, the Suns and Nuggets being the best series in the West. This could probably end up being the best series ever to happen out of the yeah, East. Yeah, I think this is also well. I think this is the most contested series in the East. Not the Eastern Conference Finals by any means, but I think this is the. I think it goes to seven. I think it's hard, hard fought. Um, but I, I really ultimately think the Sixers might get the best of them. What, what We're screwing again. What do you guys want to do for the uh, Bucks Bucks Sixers series then? Projected Eastern Conference Finals. What do you What do you think there? I mean, I I don't think anybody can beat the Bucks. <laughs> that just goes back to that's how I flip back. I agree. Yeah. I flip back. I just think the Bucks are as a team now, um, on a completely different level. And Giannis versus Embiid, I think that's a wash. And then just the talent-wise, I mean... A wash. Obviously, what do you mean? I think uh, Embiid versus Giannis is, like, uh, as close to a wash as it Oh, gets. I'm sorry. I thought you meant Giannis, like, dadding him. I apologize. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, I, I think they're... They cancel each other. They'll trade games. My apologies. Um, no, you're fine. And um, I think, other than that, I've spewed on and on about the depth that the Bucks have. Um, I think Drew Holiday is the single worst matchup 
for James Harden. Um, obviously, I think James Harden will be able to perform, but I, if there were going to be those playoff doubts or whatever, I think they might trickle in in this series at this point because Drew is just that good and Marcus Smart isn't anymore. Um, and I, I ultimately think if Chris Middleton just performs like the slightest bit like he uh, has in the past, like with, a basketball I, player, I can't wait because <laughs> I'm going to get so mad at him throughout this playoffs. Me picking the Bucks to win in like five in every series, and him and his health hinging on a lot of that. But even if he doesn't play that much, it's they they could sub in Jay Crowder. They have all these guys off the bench that could just sub in and do fine. And I think Brooke Lopez is playing higher than he has in his entire career. And I just think the Bucks are top to bottom the deepest team in the NBA. And I'm picking them to not only win this but end up winning the finals. Wow. Well, John, what do you think about you? To, you're going with the Bucks against the Sixers, right? I'll go. i the Bucks in the six. Yeah, I just think that they'll have more depth than you know at this point in this you know consensus bracket that we're trying to settle down. I think that the Celtics will absolutely will will exhaust the Sixers, and the Sixers will get there. They'll put up a fight, and beat will look good, but they'll lose in six again, just for depth. And I, I think again, I really want to. I think we'll talk later about X factors and just breakout people for the playoffs. I think we'll hit home even harder is uh, Drew Holiday's just look, look great. I think this has been our favorite Drew Holiday year to watch since we've been recording. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the, the Bucks just kind of take it in from the Sixers. Lose the Celtics, though, I think, unfortunately, for them. But uh, neither here nor there. Um, is, that yeah, your, so is, that, is that your official pick? You would pick the Celtics over the Bucks? Um. I would say it probably would go seven. Um, and I feel like if it goes seven, the Celtics would have the, the upper hand in, in that uh, regard. So I would pick them over them. Um, but maybe I'll maybe just be biased. I should just be biased to pick them. No one yeah, at that point, just commit to it. Yeah. So I will. Celtics win the whole <laughs> thing. In five. You have them over the Suns, too? Oh, yeah. In four, actually. <laughs> They're just washing everybody. Yeah. Well, it, it's great because – They'll just send Grant Williams out as like a linebacker to run over Chris <laughs> Paul, and um, Chris Paul will be dead, and that'll be that. He's gonna make both. Yeah, he'll make both. He'll make none. Um, <laughs> all right. So I guess our our combined bracket has the Bucks Suns finals match, but rematch. Um, I mean, this series. Hopefully, we we can spend time talking about this series in detail when it comes up. But any first thoughts, teams, right now? Off the top of your head, Steve, you're picking the uh, the Bucks over the Suns. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Bucks in the end. Um, I think this is going to be awesome. Just obviously a rematch of the finals a couple years ago. I love that there might be a little bit of a history uh, into this matchup, which is why, again, I kind of ultimately landed on it uh, for my finals prediction. Um, just narratively in my head, that's how I see it playing out. Um, what I love, again, the Nuggets to get here, yes, that is the ideal scenario. I think Giannis versus Jokic would be the single most fun uh, I would have watching an NBA final series. But unfortunately, that wouldn't have an enemy for me. This has an enemy, and I would be all in on the Bucks. I think they said it last round. I think they have the most depth. I think we haven't really had a chance to talk about Phoenix because we've kind of talked about them just beating everybody. But I think they really lack depth. John, you touched on it. It's like campaigns to play meaningful minutes. And it's going to be Josh Akogi and Torrey Craig and Isaiah Washington or whatever that guy's name is. Ish Smith or Ish Washington. I don't know. Ish Wainwright. There you go. Um, And I don't (laughs) like Ish Smith and Isaiah Washington love each other very much. They make it Ish Wainwright. And I just, in my head, the last thing I land on is 
I envision DeAndre Ayton standing up with his hands in the paint and just like crying because he's like, Brook Lopez is there and Giannis is there and Bobby Portis is stretching the floor. What do I do? <laughs> because he, I don't know if he talks like that, but he ain't good. <laughs> Mid 40s Bronx. Yeah, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> I Isn't Isaiah was... Washington the guy from Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, and the hundred, actually. <laughs> Combining many of your interests tonight, Stephen. That rocks. But I'm, I, I'm with. I mean, again, I don't know if I have much else to say. I think I've ridden the Bucks this far. I think I kind of want to go with them a lot for the depth factor. But I kind of just want to say I think it would go either. I think at least the six could see seven. But I think it's going to come down to a matchup of just Giannis versus Durant. I think Giannis is going to prove himself to be the younger, better, more complete player than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant needed Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time, to win those titles. And we're going to find that out this June. I think the Suns win in six, and it's like a whole issue with the fact that maybe the NBA regular season doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, but they didn't play. And here they yeah, are. Kevin Durant played like a week and a half of basketball and won the title. Yeah. Be good. Um, all right. Well, that was that. That took forever. Um what what let's do this quickly. We'll go into yeah. our uh playoff predictions here. Um guy we we I think most of these guys we briefly touched upon, but any guys in the league that you think are gonna make a huge leap in the playoffs and become household names? Yeah, um, the first one I wanted to bring up is I've kind of predicted a little bit of a run uh, for the Cavs, but to ultimately uh, get stuffed by the Bucks in the second round. Uh, but I think we're going to see a little bit of a different side of Evan Mobley. I think we've seen it um, throughout the entire year. He started to get buzzed for Defensive Player of the Year late. Um, there's a different side of him offensively. I think we might be saying, holy shit, this guy's going to be a really, really big problem moving forward because he's actually good on offense. Um, I don't think his jump shot's going to be there, but I think – it's finally going to be on a national stage where it's going to be, oh, my God, Evan Mobley is not only great on defense, but he's going to be a freaking superstar yeah. forward. I'm, I'm terrified to face him. I'm going with SJ on this one. I think he's the one who I think, like, yeah, he, he's already kind of showcased it a little bit this year. I think the playing game was huge. And I, I do think, like, as good as the Nuggets have been, um, if – if Okis is able to make it past Minnesota, and again, like this entirely changes if that's not the case, but like um, he could just potentially just go off and just take a couple games directly from Denver by himself. So, um, yeah, I'm going with him. I, I think he could, he could, he could single handedly beat Denver in a game, I think. Yeah, totally. Scary stuff. Um, Really quickly touched upon it earlier, but I think, and honestly, it might not even be a fair answer here. But I think just Drew Holiday is going to be absolutely massive just for how amazing of a player he is on both sides of the court. And I think, yeah, he's like a big name to like a lot of like big, like a lot of big fans. But I think to a more national stage, he's in a breakout for people. Yeah, I think that's a good answer for him. I actually had him on my short list as well. I just think um, people kind of see him as like a little bit of a defensive lockdown player and not really like a huge threat on offense. But as we've all said on this pod, it's a, there's a different side of Drew Holiday this year. He can put up like 30 a game if he wanted to. I bet his three-point ability has been a completely different level. I had him on my short list, and I think he's going to be a huge reason why they end up winning the finals as well, not just for his defense. Yeah. All right, let's do uh, role players to watch out for. 
role players to grow into. I'm going to say um, Paul Reed. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, go for it. Uh, no. Um, I'm going to say a different uh, – what do I have here? I'm going to say a different Eastern Conference uh, small forward – or I don't even know what position Paul Reed is. I don't care. Um, it's not Matisse Thibel either. It's it's. Oh wait, he's in the West. It's Austin Reeves. Huh. It's Austin Reeves, the best player on the Lakers potentially. I just think he would have been the sixth man of the year had he gotten a little bit more run off the bench this year. But he ended up moving into the starting lineup, and it's too late. I just love the way he plays, and as a role player, he's exactly what you look for. He could pass it, he could shoot it, he could play defense, and I think a lot. I have the Lakers moving into the second round and being a little bit of a problem. And I think a lot of that is going to be because of Austin Reeves. What? Well, how much more famous could Austin Reeves get, though? He'd ha- he he would have to like write well, a book. It's not about fame. It's about actually being like, oh my god, he's actually good. People, I feel like he's in a Caruso level where it's just like a meme. It's Austin Reeves, the white guy running around, but people don't recognize that he's actually good. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm gonna go for mine. Um. I'm going to go with Malik Monk on this one. I feel like mm. people remember him from, like, Kentucky and, like, him being, like, a name. Um, but he has been able just to pop off for the Kings every once in a while off the benches to spark like it. If that series doesn't end up going to seven, it's that they're going to just be more than Sabonis and Fox getting the points. Um, and he's going to have to be one of the guys who is assisting with it. So I'm going with Malik. I'm super stoked about this guy. Uh, he was like an old player that I fell in love with playing 2K, but he's only grown up since then. The best backup punk guard in the league, Tyus Jones. What do you like about Tyus Jones? I think he holds it down. I think when Jaw was out there just, you know, flashing his little blicky on IG, which is, again, it's okay. It's awesome. That's fine. But uh, he's back and it's going to be all right. Um, yeah, I, I don't condone that by any means. I don't, I'm not coming out in support of, but. Just saying that to move past. I don't want to get any allegations on this pot. This no, very, what are you this, saying right now? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> this is a very lucrative podcast. Um, but Tyus Jones, yeah, I can't wait to see what he does. I think he is underrated, and I think you want to dig deep and find players on your bench that can come out and just kind of be plugged in. I think they could get some really frisky guard rotations going. So let's let's get Tyus out there. I thought you were gonna go with quickly. I left him for you to team up. Uh, but, uh, well, him too. Yeah, I, I I thought you mentioned it earlier he's, that you had him. He's going to be huge for us. Like, yeah, I, we're going to we're going to need him more than the Grizzlies need Tyus Jones. Let me tell you that much. Yeah, and then the only other player I had written down was I I kind of shit on him earlier, but I think of the Suns' depth, it's going to be a oh my god, okay, Josh Okogie's actually not that bad. I think he's going to. No, Okogie's good. Yeah, he's, I one think, of he's one of their best players. Yeah, I think he people are going to be like, oh my god, like he matters. I think he's going to be the guy who's the fifth player on the court for them most of the time. Yeah, Okogie's going to get some recognition too. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I was thinking about Ish Wainwright because I remember when he was starting for a little while, and that kind of let that go. Um, but let's go into the the biggest letdowns because we do love to be haters. Who who are the stars who are going to let you down the most? Yeah, I had JJJ here, Triple J. I did too, but I'll, I'll think of a new one now. Yeah, um, I, I mean, we already kind of shit on him and said why it's going to be an issue. Um, so I can really pivot off there. I've also mentioned this. Um, I think MPJ. I'm going to stick with a junior theme here. I think he's going to be the reason the Nuggets don't end up going far. I think Jamal and Jokic are going to do everything they can, uh, but when it comes to MPJ versus Kevin Durant, I think that's the matchup where MPJ needs to like realize, okay. 
it's not me this series. I don't think I should be the guy. But he has a I'm getting the ball, I'm shooting mentality, and I don't think it's going to go well um, if the Nuggets play the Suns. And I think people are going to be like, oh, this guy, he's hurt all the time, and now when he's not hurt, he's not even good. I think I'm worried that that becomes a narrative, and I think even though I'm rooting for the uh, Nuggets, I think that might be their ultimate downfall. I hope it is, but that's where I've landed. I can see it. I can see it. John, who's yours? I hate to do it. I waited years to get his jersey. We saw him in person. But don't you guys just feel like it's primed for everyone to come down and slam Jokic? Oh, wow. You think he's going to disappoint? You think it's he's toast? I think he's going to put up his uh, – I think he's going to do his worst, actually, which is most players' best. Does that make sense? He's like – he's going to be the – He's gonna be the worst, best. He's gonna be the best, worst version of himself. If we're gonna speak in hoop fiends language, he's gonna put up like twenty three to twenty five, assist the ball around, and a lot of people are gonna stare him in the face and say, "Nikola, that's all you're good for," and that you don't have that dog in you, and you gotta find another aspect of your game if you're gonna elevate this to the level, or they're gonna look at you know the front office and be like, "You need to get another star next to this guy." Well. It's going to be a bit of both, but I just feel like all the stars are pointing to them, you know, getting again. If the, I just feel like if the Suns are healthy, it's just hard. Like if you're putting the best player in the court for the Suns against the best player in the court for the Nuggets, Jokic, Jokic versus Durant, just that, just that position. I just feel like Durant has just been there before. He's ready for it. And I, I again, when they had that big conference finals run, it was kind of like it was kind of Jamal putting them over the edge there against the Jazz, and then Jokic looked great against the Clippers, but that might have been more of a Clippers collapse. So, I hate to see it, but Nikola's going to let a lot of people down. Wow. I can't say I disagree with that one. Or I can't say I agree with that one, but I don't hate it. Um, and yeah, I, okay. I think I think it'll be more of a media narrative. I agree with you, John. If he just loses, yeah. he's going to get hate. And it's not – I think we've all yeah. said already – He's getting a pass from us if he loses to the Suns team, which I think is historically good. Um, but that this is his last pass, and uh, that'll be just us. I don't think that's going to be a consensus around the world. He's going to get buried, I think. But yeah, I think he, I think he dominates. Though that's the thing where I think I've already made fun of Aiton enough, so I'm not going to do that. But I think Jokic is going to get his against Aiton, so um, it'll be interesting to kind of see if the media gives him the pass or not. Mine. I, I promise this is not me being a hater. It may, may be me being a slight hypocrite from normal, but can't you just see the storylines coming up of the Maple Mamba going in 3 and D and just getting cooked to all heaven by Donovan Mitchell in the oh, garden? Like, yeah. how, how horrible. Like, I feel like that's going to be, like, Lowell Knicks, like, this guy's trash. RJ can't guard anybody, can't well, make a shot. He just stinks. I'll do, I'll do that now before the series. <laughs> I'll do that for you. But I agree. I think that could be a thing. Um, Bonafide scrub. Yeah, I, I think I'm already there. So I think that the pick is a little <laughs> – no, I'm just kidding. I, you're right. That's I don't think that's necessarily the media and the general consensus. I think it's just some uh, ratchety old Knicks fans who are pissed at him. Yeah, I feel no, like I... people still think RJ is just like an inconsistent like young gun. But I think like – the whole Mitchell storyline too, and, and yeah. I mean RJ is the guard; he's going to be guarding Mitchell the whole game. So well, I, think, yeah, like... I think there's going to be time when Tibbs isn't even close with RJ. I think it's going to be Brunson quickly, Grimes, Hart even, and then Randall and Mitch. And I think people are going to be like, "Wait a minute, 
RJ doesn't play, and I'm like that's that. Yeah, that's a thing. We don't play RJ that much anymore. It's actually sad. Well, we don't. We don't down the definitely don't when it matters. Yeah, because we have we have six or seven guys that are better than him. I'd rather play Q Dot and Josh Hart. We well, we do we do end games with Hart. Wonderful. It's it's um, terrible. All right, let's just we got to quick, quickly run through these closeout things. Um, all right, what do we want to do here? Um, all right, I, I guess we could do the awards picks. These, some of these are I feel like are we've already kind of touched upon a little bit. Um, yeah, coach I, of the year. I what, can, Mike Brown? I can kind of lead you guys through um, the awards because I already uh, gave my picks for um, all the awards on the Monday pod. Um, like you said, you just brought up coach of the year. I think Mike Brown um, is pretty much the consensus amongst everybody. I think he won it. <laughs> yeah. I think he like, well, that, that was like a different coach of the year award. It was like uh, the players or the coaches association. Um, there's like two different ones. It's not like the official NBA, uh, but it's a pretty good indication. And he's it's so dumb. How many people win one and not the other one? I don't think it ever has happened. Um, and then we could that move sucks. quickly. My pick for rookie of the year was obviously Paolo. I think both of you are on the same camp for that as well, right? Hundred yeah. oh, yeah. percent. Yeah. Who do you guys? You guys? Who would you have as number two? Walker Kessler or Jalen Williams? Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler is awesome. Yeah, like, I he love made that the guy. Jazz awesome. I think that was like, the he's... only like up for debate thing. Yeah, I mean Jalen Williams is good. He's just like a really good player, but like. I don't know. Something about Kessler. Right? Kessler looks like he could be special. Yeah. Yeah. And the most improved, I um landed on Laurie Markin, and I've made my thoughts on the most improved award very clear. But SGA is obviously in the uh, conversation as well. Where do you guys land? I mean, I feel like it should be Markin as well. That because that guy went from a nothing to um like starting for the All Star game. SGA went from like a borderline All Star to First team on NBA, like I guess that's semantics for what's a better, a bigger leap. But I, I can't say I expected this out of Lori Marketing. If you had told me that Shea went this high up in the offseason last year, I'd be like, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool, good for him. But if you told me Lori Marketing, then I'd be like, there's no way. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like Lori Marketing is a consensus pick because it goes with what we believe the award should be on this pod. Um, there's like slight British talk and like that's cool and all, but that reminds me a bit of when like people thought Jeremy Grant should have won it. It's like he's already an awesome player. He's just on a team where he gets more looks now. Of course, he's in a blow up. Like Markinen, it's just that yeah, like you just said, Riley, that came out of left field. Yeah, um, and then sixth man. Obviously, we got a little Knicks versus Celtics beef here, uh, pretty much between Quickly and Brogdon. Are you guys aligned with your team's player? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely picking um, Brogdon here. I think the, my thing with quickly is many people would be saying, "Well, he starts too many games." Hey, there's a there's a number of games that mm. start you're ineligible, and he didn't meet that. So that's all I'm saying. How did Lou Williams win it all those years? I guess because they always, I guess he played a lot of minutes, but never started all the. Lou he Williams. never started. Quick, quickly started like, like maybe a fourth of the games or something like that. My only argument against Brogdon is quickly is just so much more important to his team than Brogdon is. That's my only argument in case against him. Oh, so are you saying that Brogdon is the player who sh- should be a role player to watch out for, become a household name when he completely destroys James Harden in the playoffs? 
Um, no, I'm saying <laughs> that he might not even play that much because he's just not that important to the Celtics, and they have four guards who are better than him. Yeah, like you, I mean, is Derek White like? I feel like Derek White is Derek White's way better. No, Derek White's like, like the, the second best guard, yeah. And he's like your he's like your sixth man. Obviously, he starts more games because there's been health issues and whatever. Uh, but he's more of like a sixth man than he. I think Brogdon is. Derek White should be on the floor like now. Yeah, like waiting. His plus uh, plus minus looks stupid. He's awesome. He's like he's like. It's like a whole weird stat thing. We don't have to talk about it now. Um, what's the other? Uh... And then there's defensive player of the year. Uh, the ringer has pushed the Mobley narrative just way too late, unfortunately. Yeah, the media um, mafia. Yeah, it's just way... they I... really are. I wish they did this like a week ago or like two weeks ago at the very least. Bill just like came out the day before the votes are due, and he pushed the the Mobley narrative. I'm like, what are you doing, Bill? I expected this from you way earlier, like the Marcus Smart campaign last year, which was nonsense. Uh, but it does look like it's going to end up coming down to JJJ or Brooke. Do you guys think Mobley deserves it over them, or do you think one of them deserves it? No, I'll, I go I go Triple J. I think he's been the most effective. He That dude is just like a block magnet. He's a block and steel magnet, and he's done it in yeah. way less minutes. So, um, I don't know. It, to me, the whole thing, it, it reeks of like some sort of collusion. And I, in fact, if Evan Mobley beats – Karen Jackson Jr. for the Defensive Player of the Year award. I demand an investigation into what Bill Simmons is betting on because I he definitely <laughs> made some money off this. I mean, the least surprising thing that's ever happened. I'll just talk chat about him for a quick second. If you get caught, if you got caught some like insider trading type of like betting thing, would I would be like, that that tracks. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you go? Who do you go with, John? I'm gonna go Triple J as well, just because, like you just said, I feel like I feel like. The stats just can't lie with this and what he's done to anchor down a defense on that team when they're losing a lot of their bigs. But I, I do want to give quick props to Brooke. Like, it's so cool to see guys who are so old, like, just kind of become a different player and add so much to their game. Like, he's just a defensive specialist who can absolutely shoot the lights out. So it's awesome. But it's not about shooting. It's about your defense, and Triple J hasn't beat. Agreed. And I, I like the Bill argument that, He's literally the third best defensive player on his team. I completely agree. So why is he getting defensive player of the year votes? It doesn't really make sense. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, last, but not, yeah, last but not least, uh, we've talked about this enough on the pod, so we really don't need to give our breakdowns. But are we all officially in camp Embiid for MVP? Big time. Yeah, I think I am too. Yeah, I think Which we've... Which going to be so much better when he gets dusted in the second round. We can't wait for that series. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> But yeah, no. If you want to listen to our takes on that, we literally did a whole freaking episode about it, so you can go back and listen to that. Um, to kind of close things out, I kind of wanted to uh, go into just a goodbye to the regular season and just what was your guys' favorite games and performances of the year uh, before we close things out. Um, for me, I think the biggest one is Dame showing that he can get it done. It this the the big seventy one point game was. Huge. I think people, a lot of people actually they forgot about Dame. Um, I don't know. It felt like a lot of people were kind of writing him off a little bit, and um, especially because the Blazers were just out, a lot tanking, and he was winning in spite of them, and he actually took them pretty far. I I really will think about Dame in a positive light, even though I haven't in a very long time. I think he was really awesome this season. Yeah, and especially that, like you said, the seventy-one point game. 
similar to kind of like the, I think Donovan dropped 70 or 71 as well. Um, two things we've really never seen very often, and it's a product of how high the scoring has been in the league this year for sure. But it's also a product of just how talented those two guys are at scoring. Um, the Cavs had the, I think it was a game against, I forgot who, they, it was a win over the Bulls, and they like went to overtime. The Donovan one was a little bit cooler for me because it was actually like a game against another playoff team, and like I said, went into overtime. It mattered a little bit where I think Dame was against like the Thunder or just someone shitty. The, but, I think it was the Rockets. Yeah, exactly. Both so, teams are bad. so both, um, in essence, um, I think I, Donovan has like a slight step up, and obviously I like him more, but both so cool. Cool performances from both players. Uh, John, anything stand out for you? I'll never forget Emmanuel quickly, you know, stepping in Me for neither. 55 points in, <laughs> in double overtime to beat the Celtics. Man, that was incredible. Um, just, you know, obviously I feel like it was easier for me to go back in my mental bag to pick up a game of my own team. But um, just moments I remember a lot. I loved staying up late on Christmas to see that Suns-Nuggets game and the, you know, hopefully now iconic Aaron Gordon dunk. And we got a great Jokic performance. The pre-Suns. Uh, the pre Durant Suns where it looked like the Nuggets owned this uh, this rivalry, but I don't think so. Yeah, that that game was number one, and what was going to be my take? I that was my favorite game of the entire year by far. On two, staying up late on Christmas, like you said, double overtime. Jokic had forty four, fifteen, and fifteen. The Jamal Murray plays at the end of regulation and overtime were just absolutely electric. And then, like you said, the Aaron Gordon dunk, dunk of the year, if not dunk of I've ever seen in terms of just the situation and circumstance. And the back and forth of this entire game was just so, so much fun. And like you said, the pre-KD Durant, it was like the last real uh, memorable game uh, from that Suns team. So that was iconic. And then, like you said, the quickly 55 minutes, 38 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. In a game a week after we beat the Celtics, and then Jalen Brunson wasn't playing. And we're like, all right, the Celtics will get their revenge here. And we still managed to win. That was awesome. Just a, oh, yeah. such a, such a feel-good story. And the only other one I had was... Uh, this the 176 to 175 yeah. uh, Kings Clippers double overtime game. Oh, that was awesome. That was yeah. so much fun, and there was so much nonsense in it, and just so much scoring and elite offense. Um, that was the only other uh, game I had on my list. All right, we did it. We're done. We got through everything we needed to do. We have an NBA postseason in two days. What is the number one thing you guys are on the lookout for and looking forward to this weekend? Can I can I just say this one thing because I think this is gonna be my answer for it, and we also didn't talk about it once, sadly. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook in the playoffs <laughs> against against Kevin Durant. That is, wow. That's true. That is true. I actually believe it or not, for the role players who step up, I had Russell Westbrook in that oh, game. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this counts or what this is, but I think no, he's no. good because he's gonna have to step up too without Paul George. That'll be interesting. That's a great storyline to bring up. John, did you have a? Um, I I had a big one that uh, was overarching, but it is kind of fleeting me. I'm trying to keep it honed in on this weekend, but I do want to see how the benches play against each other in Cleveland and New York. I want to see if these guys that I've contemplated trading many times in my head end up proving me wrong, like Obi um, or Donovan. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, it's gonna happen, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked for that, man. Just for overall, but then uh, overarching, it came back to me. You know, I still got some gas up in the tank. Uh, 
I just love that this is a Bucks pod once again. <laughs> it turned into a buck, but Riley didn't pick them. That's the most no. slight beef we had. This is it's actually a turnaround. It. It's gonna be me and John finally on the Bucks against Riley as the postseason goes on. That'll be a twist. Well, don't get me wrong. If something something wrong happens and the Sixers end up playing the Bucks, I will be in my Ray Allen Bucks jersey wandering around, <laughs> happy as can be, just like when they played the Nets. Um, Doesn't come. Yes, I, I I have to withhold judgment until Fair all that happens. When when you have your team in it, it, it you have to worry about them first. Um, of like they're locked in. It. Locked in not for- like us. We're not worried because they're going to lose. We're we're. <laughs> You know, we're rational. We we're saying what we think is actually gonna happen. We're looking past our team bias, but Riley isn't able to do that, unfortunately. Um, oh, the 76ers. The 76ers. 76ers. The I'm gonna open up the next podcast or <laughs> that like 76ers. Well, don't do that. It's gonna be the opening to our uh, podcast when the Sixers beat the Celtics. So you you heard it here first. Um, mine, like you said, John, obviously locked in for the Knicks. Can't wait to watch. It's going to be bittersweet for me. Like I said, it's going to hurt to root against Donovan, but I just have to. That's how it works. Um, do it. It's going to be painful, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And then obviously, I'm locked in to the beam situation and whether or not that beam is getting lit every night. We're moderating the beam. It, listen, it's going to hurt if the Warriors lose first round of the Kings. Obviously, um, we all picked them, but just in terms of status and, oh, my God, you lost the Kings. Um, the narrative has been so annoying all year, like you can't win a road game. I'm just banking on this Andrew Wiggins thing coming back and mattering because other than that, I'd be a little bit worried. Um, so praying that that goes well this weekend. If the Warriors can take the first game in Sacramento, I'll feel really good. So I'll be locked in there. Um, all right. I think that's good. Anybody else have anything else they want to say or can we get off this thing? We're stoked. No. Let's do it. Let's We're go back. basketball, baby. Uh, the Hoop Fiends, you can follow us on at Hoop Fiends Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you can follow um, – you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, drop and leave a comment, do anything, and it will help us out. Also, John, anything. John, quick Screen Fiends plug. Go for it. Yeah, it's been fun. I just got a feeling that this would be a historic season of television. Riley was, uh, did an awesome pod with me. We hopped on to cover – Incredible hour of television with Succession, season four, episode three. You can listen to that now. They're going to go ahead and just keep trying to get new and fun guests as that goes on. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm glad that the Screen Fiends Network is here. Um, and hopefully lots of TV shows and coverage. Uh, I, I was I alluded to it. I didn't ask you guys yet, uh, but would love to do a Super Mario Brothers movie review with you guys. Of course. Oh, yeah. In the parking lot, brother. I think that'd be a fun little Screen Fiends project. Um, and then other than that, I said it last pod, the football fiends are breaking their silence. Odell Beckham is in Baltimore Raven and it has left me, um, at least a little, um, not sad. So I'm breaking my silence on the Ravens talking Lamar next week. Going to have JP on and maybe talk some free agency, maybe talk. He'll love that. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a fun one. (laughs) So as, like I said, follow us at Apple Fiends pod for everything we've got dropping. And until next time, I think we're going to be back next week to recap some of the first, Uh, games of the playoffs and until then we'll catch you guys next time
Please. 